Today I'm going to be talking about the importance of prayer. This is something that is so easily forgotten in our walk with the Lord. We tend to want to have full control on our lives and it always leads us to disappointment. But what if we started to surrender that control to God? Prayer is the key to living that sort of life. So let's get started. Alright, welcome to the second episode of Missing the Mark. Whatever it is that brought you here, I'm so glad you're listening. Today's topic is going to be a good one. So we're going to focus on the act of prayer. I titled this episode The Passive Prayer because I feel that as Christians, we feel like our prayers must be perfect when presented to God, that we need to have it nailed down and memorized before we pray. So instead, we end up reciting the same prayer over and over again because it's safe. As I've sat through sermon after sermon over the years, I can't seem to recall many sermons specifically devoted to prayer. Now, of course, all those sermons have consisted of prayer through the worship service, but prayer was never the star of the service, you feel? I also think of how the church tends to deal with different situations. Now, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the believers themselves. When problems arise in the world, do we fall on our faces before God and earnestly pray? When things go well and God is doing a movement, do we pray with an abundance of thanksgiving? Prayer isn't usually what's done first. When problems arise, the dry erase boards come out and committees are formed. We begin planning what we think is best and what we believe should be done. When great things happen, people start high-fiving one another as if they were the reason these things happened. And I think that's where we've missed the mark. Yes, I decided to be cliche and incorporate my title into every podcast, so just get ready for that. But for me, I never really grasped the importance of prayer until I was in high school. There was a time where I idolized friendships. I put them before family, school, church, and even before God. Long story short, it became evident why I should never make something earthly my God. I ended up losing all those friends simply because they didn't want to be my friend anymore, but they ended it by spreading some crazy rumors about me. That led to several months of me aimlessly searching for something to fill that void in me. After four months of no luck, I desperately turned to God as my last resort, now realizing he should have been my first. Y'all, I straight up sobbed for hours to him, and lo and behold, after all that, I finally had peace. And from then on, prayer was my go-to. This led me to ask the following question over the years. Why wasn't I taught this earlier on in my faith? Well, first of all, I was never discipled. I got saved around middle school and honestly didn't even learn about discipleship until college. So I never really had anyone teaching me how to live more like God. Secondly, it was never taught in the church. It was just something we did before the offering or the Lord's Supper or before or after the sermon. I always thought it was something you did only during those times. As a child, you may have grown up reciting a prayer before meals. And if you were anything like me, you would pray those prayers super fast so you could eat your food, and then you end up not really thinking about what you were praying. Now, that was cute growing up, but how often do we recite prayers now and not mean it? How often do we get distracted during our prayers and completely forget what we were praying about? Now, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. I'm all about honesty and tough love. So let's be real with ourselves. Are those true about you? Unfortunately, I have to say that at times that is me. I have a short attention span to begin with, but I can get distracted easily during prayer. Here's some truth to this. What we are interested in, we will focus on. That's why it's so important to find your interest in godly things. If you become interested in worldly things, number one, they're fleeting. So you'll have to keep finding new interest. But number two, you'll lose sight of God. 
And if you lose sight of God, you'll become so bombarded with your worldly interests that you'll forget to stay in touch with God and lose your connection with Him. We cannot get distracted during our prayers. He needs to be our focus. Now let's look at what Scripture says about prayer. So to start off simply, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray continuously. Now this is from the NIV, but some other versions translate it to pray without ceasing. Um, So what does that mean? Well, just what it says, praying continuously. It's not supposed to be a scheduled time throughout your day. It's not something you only do before meals. It's not something you only do before bedtime. When it comes to your mind to pray to the Lord, pray. I mean, it's that simple. Um, Pray to Him at any time of the day. You know, in some religions, there are certain times for prayer, but not when it comes to praying to God. He wants to hear from you at any time of the day. And so be ready for that. You know, if there's something that you're struggling with, you can pray right then and there. If there's somebody that's that's been laid on your heart, pray for them where you are. You know, it's just, it's so comforting to know that we can pray at any time and God's already ready to listen. The next verse is Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Some versions say by prayer and supplication. And whenever I looked at the word supplication, it's to come humbly, to come begging. Um, And so there's just different parts of this verse and how prayer happens. So, you know, you're praying um, humbly. You come to the Lord humbly. And we'll go more into detail um, on how prayer is structured and how different ways there is prayer. But um, you come praying with thanksgiving. So thanking the Lord for who he is and what he's doing in your life. You come to the Lord with requests, but those requests need to line up with God's will in order for him to continue those out. Um, There's just so much, like the first part just kind of almost made me laugh when it said, do not be anxious about anything. And I think a lot of times when people see that, they think, well, that's easier said than done. But when we come to the Lord in prayer with those requests that are burdening, that that we're anxious about, after we pray those to the Lord, we're supposed to have faith that he's going to carry that out. And so we actually really are not supposed to be anxious about anything. Uh, this next verse uh, really hits home. And I think um, when I read it, I was like, well, I just have to include this one. Um, it says in Romans eight twenty six, it says in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Wow. So when you think about that, You know, I know that there have been several times when I've come to the Lord in prayer and I have no idea what to pray. I know I need prayer, but I can't put into words what it is that I need. But God already does. That's the cool thing. You can come to the Lord and not even know what to say, but he already knows what to do. He already knows how to help you. He already knows how to help you overcome those struggles, those burdens, those doubts. Whatever it is that's making you anxious, he knows how to fix that without you having to say a word. That's crazy, you know, because I think a lot of times when people say, how can I pray for you? It's hard to put that into words and you can't really tell them, well, I don't know. I mean, you could, but that's not going to help them with praying for you. But when you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't even know what to pray for. He already knows. Even if you do know what to pray for, the Lord already knows that that's what you're coming with. That's awesome. In Matthew 6, 6 through 7, it says, But when you pray, go into your room, 
close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. So these two verses have two different main points. Verse 6 and verse 7, they go together, but they're also separate. So in verse 6, it's saying when you're praying to the Lord, that's your one-on-one time with the Lord. That's your time to come to Him with everything. And if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't think we're going to pray what's on our hearts deep down in front of other people. I don't trust that many people to tell them what's going on in my life. And so if, you know, verse six is kind of hitting that it's saying, you know, come to the Lord, just doing one-on-one and being completely open and honest with, with your struggles with your burdens, with your requests or whatever it is that's on your heart. And then verse seven, it's saying, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And so this is where six and seven kind of go together, but it's not supposed to be a show. Prayer is not something that um, shows off how great of a Christian you are because of how many big Christian words you're using. No, it's a one-on-one conversation with God. A one-on-one time to be completely open and honest. The way I see it is a lot of times, and we're still struggling with this, but when we go to church, people say, oh, come as you are. But if we're being honest, when you go to church... They don't want you to come as you are. They want you to come perfect. And so everybody feels that they have to come looking their best, uh, smiling their biggest smile, and they're not completely open and honest with how they're truly feeling. But this is the time when God says, I really need you to come one-on-one with me. I already know what's going on, but I want you to tell me what's going on so that we can work together and so that you can realize that you can't do it without me. So it's important to take away like when you go to church don't it's not supposed to be some show either you're to come as you are because again that's the time to worship the Lord and if you come to worship the Lord completely broken knowing that you can't do it without him that's the same thing as come to the Lord one-on-one in prayer but this is where God's saying it I will reward you just come and come to me one-on-one and let's get real. In James 5.16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When somebody asks you to pray for them and you say you will, do it. Write it down if you have to. Put it in Sharpie. I mean, I don't know what else, but do it. Because that person trusts you enough and believes that you're really going to do what you say you do. So if you say that you're going to pray for somebody, pray for them. Because in this world, not many people are trusting anymore. And a lot of times there's a lot of things that people hide from one another. When I served out in the Midwest, um, We were told by the church planters there and they would say like, hey, um, these people are not going to come up to you and ask for help. No one here is going to ask for help. You have to go and be able to read what's on their face. You You have to be able to see that for yourself and ask them, hey, can I help you with this? It was just, it was a way of reading people's faces, reading their, um, emotions, And that sounds really weird, but once you do it 
a lot. It's you're able to you're able to do it without thinking is kind of how I see it. Um, but you're able to see pain and you're able to see hurt on people's face if you really look. And so if somebody comes to you with a burden or they say, hey, I really need prayer for this, pray for them. Even if they don't ask for prayer and they say, you know, that you can just see on their face, let them know that you're praying for them. And then, you know, that was just kind of a side note because I know that's not necessarily what James 5.16 is saying. Um, But that's the first step into people trusting you. If they can trust you with their simple prayer request, and if you're honest with them about what's going on with you, they're going to be more open to tell you what's going on with them. And that's how you can build one another up. They'll be able to open up about the sins that they're struggling with as you do the same with them. Confessing your sins to one another and praying. I think that's really awesome. And I think that that needs to be taught more because I feel like a lot of times in the world that we live in today, people don't um, trust one another and they don't feel that they can truly share what's on their hearts. Um, and that just bottles up those sins and that, you know, and we'll get further into, um, confessing sins and things like that. But I think it's just so important, um, again, (laughs) that you need to be able to confess to one another because prayer is a is a big thing. It's a big, bold thing to do. Um, in Colossians 4.2, the next verse, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So whenever I've gone through all these verses, there's different topics that we're going to continue on in this episode. So I don't want to like go too in-depth. Um, but what this is saying is when you come to the Lord and you're praying and you have these requests, or you just have something on your heart, be watchful in how the Lord works in that. And then be thankful when He answers. Because we know... That God is doing everything for our good. Not doing everything for our want, but he's doing everything for our good and everything that we need. We may not know we need it, but God's working it out according to that way. And so when you have a prayer request, be watchful. Look for that. Don't just pray about it and then forget and then God answers it and you continue on as if nothing happened. Be watchful of how God works. Because we are... Um, we are people who, um, almost have to see it to believe it. That's a lot of our mentality is we have to see it to believe it. Well, here's your, here's how you can do that. If you really live in that way, you can see the Lord work as you pray. Um, so that was just kind of a little addition there. Um, and then this last passage. So this is kind of funny. I grew up, um, doing Bible drill, fourth through sixth grade. And this verse, we always learned the Luke eleven nine 9 version. But everybody quotes Matthew 7, 7. And I understand why they do Matthew 7, 7, because that's like the original, um, that's the original verse. And Luke eleven nine 9 is, starts out with, so I say to you, and it repeats this, but it's ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And so... This right here, it's actually kind of a common verse. A lot of people like quote that first part, ask and it will be given to you, but be careful. Um, Growing up, I thought, you know, as I was my younger self, I thought that it was saying, um, whatever you ask the Lord, he's going to give it no, you know, no strings attached. And I was like, wow, I could ask him for anything. Um, But that's not necessarily the case. Um, I learned that fairly quickly, but 
Um, it's asking according to the Lord's will. Because God has a plan and his plan for you does not change. So if you're praying according to his plan, oh, it'll happen. Because God doesn't change that plan for you. Um, So a lot of times when I pray, and I was always told this uh, growing up, be careful um, when you're praying, make sure that it's according to God's will. Um, You know, because we can get so caught up in what it is that we want and what it is that we think's best um, that we don't really focus on what God has for us. Um, and then that second part, seek and you will find. So, um, this is kind of like when you're seeking the Lord through prayer, it's saying you will find him there. He's already, he's already there on the other end waiting to listen and knock and the door will be open to you. So, um, they kind of relate it to like knocking, um, begging for forgiveness or begging for mercy. And so, um, when you come and you confess your sins to the Lord, he's going to open that door and accept you back in. Um, because that's this, that's the extremity of his love. So there's more scripture to read on prayer, but I just want to share a few with you. So how do we move forward? Well, to start, remind yourself that prayer is your conversation with God. There's no need to act perfect. You need to come humbly. God begins to move in your life when you come to him admitting you can't do it without him. Now, you don't have to follow the way that I pray, but um, this is just kind of the structure in how um, I go about prayer. Um, but again, this is not necessarily something you have to do in this order. This is just the order that I've done it in. Um, but each section um, just kind of shows like what should consist in your prayer um, when you devote time to the Lord. So the way I do prayer is by first confessing my sins. I first want to be able to present myself uh, pure and blameless before the Lord. And so confessing your sins is the way to do that. Um, sometimes you won't be able to recall every sin you committed um, because we're just that sinful. Um, but you're to do your best to confess them individually. When you put a name to those sins, it makes them more real to you, which allows you to move past them and strive to not do it again. Here's the difference. God, forgive me of my sins today. Or... God, forgive me for lying to my friend today and talking bad about my sibling. Which one makes you feel more convicted? The second one, right? Because you're putting a name to those specific sins. You probably did lie to your friend today or you probably did talk bad about your sibling. Because you put a title on those sins, it's more real to you. Notice how I keep saying, um, like striving. You know, we're supposed to strive to do better, um, If we're truly sorry for our sins, we want to strive to not do them again. Um, We are sinners. There's no way we will live a perfect life on earth. So to say that we will never commit specific sins again is unattainable. However, that should not stop us from striving to do so. Um, We may slip up, you know, every once in a while because that's just our sinful nature, but it should not be something that's continual. It should not be something where we're like, oh, I haven't done that in a couple of days, so I'm going to just do it, you know, because it's easier. That's not it. We're supposed to live every day striving to not do those sins. So I then move on to thanking God, both big and small things he's doing in my life. Like Colossians 4.2 says, we need to be thankful as God is answering our prayers and being watchful because we know that God will answer our prayers. The reason we even woke up this morning is because of God. So shouldn't we thank him for that? 
What I do, because I'm very forgetful, is I have a journal that I write my prayer request in. I date them, and then when God answers them, whether it be yes or no, or whether it be something that I wanted or God taking that from me, I cross them out and write the date he answered them to remind myself that one, God answers and he's always faithful to answer. And two, his timing is perfect, no matter the length. It's important that we take time in our prayer to understand who we are praying to. We're praying to the God of the universe. Spend time in your prayer just in awe of his presence. Like I stated in my first episode, there is always something to learn about God, and we will never fully comprehend the magnitude of who he is. So it's always important to just have time just to sit and be in the presence of God. The third thing that I add to it is ask and it will be given to you. So this is where I bring my request to him. One thing that God has really been teaching me is to lay my request at his feet, but not just lay them at his feet, leave them there when the prayer is done. I think that's the biggest trouble we have with prayer requests. We tend to pray to God to do something we're worried about or just can't stop thinking about. And then after we end our prayer, it's like we pick back those prayer requests up and we go back to worrying about them. The problem is a control issue. We live in such a rushed world that we feel that everything has to be done now. We know how we want certain things to take place, so we try to manipulate them into working out that way. But sometimes, that's not what God wants for us because that doesn't require faith in Him. As believers, we are to have full faith in who God is and what He is doing in our lives. A phrase I hear a lot is when someone says, Oh, just give it to God. Well, that's easier said than done, number one. Um, But that's such a simple way of defining what our faith should be like. But how can we do that if we're constantly worrying about something that we've already given to God? Faith is a simple thing, but we make it harder by looking at the details instead of the big picture God is wanting us to wait patiently for. And lastly, just talk to God. Y'all, the amount of conversations I've had with God are too many to count. And I'm not talking about prayers to God. No, I'm just talking about one-on-one conversations. Most of them are in my car on the way to school or work. And I'm sure the people in the cars next to me think I'm crazy, but whatever. I have had rants, crying sessions, and even moments when I can't help but laugh. One, because I'm just hilarious. And two, because God has a sense of humor and I've seen it played out many times in my life. We've got to be real with God before he can be real with us. When we come to God humbly... It shows him that we are ready for him to work. Now remember that God knows all about us and what's going on, but we don't. He's waiting on us to put the pieces together. God's not going to work if you're trying to take God's not going to work. God's not going to work if you're trying to take control all the time. That would be pointless. Come humbly and watch God work boldly. Because where we are weak, he is strong. So that's just the basic setup of prayer. I wanted to talk about each part because like I stated before, I honestly have not heard many sermons over the importance of prayer. And it's crucial we spend time with God in this way. Alright, I want to end this with a challenge. Spend the next week in prayer, not just before meals or before going to bed. Pray while you're binging your favorite TV show or when you think about someone or something Or when you find yourself free, pray for those people or situations you've thought about. 
or spend it just talking with God. He's already waiting for you and wants to listen and speak to you. You just need to open up to him because God already knows everything going on. Talk to him about the things you're too afraid to tell others around you. Tell him about your struggles or just how your day is going. Just spend this time talking to him. There's a song by Shane and Shane called Come As You Are. Um, and I would just recommend giving it a listen. It's a really good song about coming to the Lord as you are. Um, I love any sort of worship music that people like to throw at me um, just to be able to hear the words and hear the meaning behind it. Um, so if you find yourself free and need a new worship song, that's a really great one. and kind of focuses on prayer as well. So let me just pray for you real quick. Lord, I thank you for the person listening. I ask that you move in them this week and that they constantly seek prayer with you. I pray for them that whatever is going on in their life, whether it be sickness or hurting, stress or anxiety, that you will heal them. I pray for boldness in them and that you strengthen them this week. We love you, Lord. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening.